Time for a history lesson. It's September. Sorry, folks. School is back. Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Because that is what Doug Ford is planning to invoke. We got that tweet from Attorney General Carolyn Rooney. Section 92 of the Constitution makes it clear that the province has exclusive jurisdiction over municipalities. It's why we're appealing the ruling and will be introducing legislation to invoke Section 33, which is the notwithstanding clause, to deliver on our commitment of smaller, more effective government. So this is a thing that they weren't necessarily wanting to do, but Peter Lougheed put it forward. He was the uh, he was the premier of Alberta uh, back in the day around 1982 when they were bringing in this uh, this charter of uh, rights and freedom, part of the constitution in 1982. And it was a compromise because some, some provinces, they were concerned that this would give power, take it away from elected officials to the judiciary. So, ah, they gave one element here, the notwithstanding clause, which, which Justin, uh, Justin Trudeau, Pierre Trudeau, not crazy about at first, but eventually consenting. And a lot of people said at this time, when you've got all these, these charters of rights and freedom stuff and freedom of expression, they could be interpreted in very loosey goosey ways. And I humbly submit that that is just what has happened with this court ruling today. People's fundamental freedom of expression has been violated by the fact that Doug Ford is reducing the number of city council. You can pull that out of your behind then for anything. Your rights are being violated by everything that Doug Ford is doing at any particular moment. You can find some rights violation on this issue. Let's go to Global News Radio legal expert right now to break all of this down more. Lauren Honickman joining us now. Good evening, sir. Hi, Anthony. How are you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you, sir? I'm good. Well, it's a historic legal day in, in Ontario legal history for the first time uh, in the 36 years that the Charter has been alive. Uh, a premier in Ontario is going to evoke the notwithstanding clause. And it's 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 interesting, Anthony, because, uh, you know, technically it's been used more than 16 times since the Charter came into force, but the only reason that number's so high, that's because Quebec chose to object to the new Charter back in 1982 by including the notwithstanding clause in every piece of legislation between 82 and 85. But then that was just like a political protest. But it's only been used and the way Premier Ford is using it on, on approximately six occasions. Once in Quebec again, they, uh, they used it to override the Supreme Court. It found the French-only signs unconstitutional, and the Quebec government back then said, no, we're going to invoke notwithstanding. Three times in Saskatchewan, the latest in May of this year, when a lower court found the government couldn't provide funding for non-Catholic students to attend Catholic separate school boards, and uh, once in Alberta and then once in the Yukon. But that's it. Never in Ontario. The federal government has never used it. And um, it's, 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 it's interesting that the Premier has decided that this is the case, uh, that uh, he's going to um, he's going to invoke it. All right, Lauren, you're using pretty neutral words. You're saying historic. You're saying it's interesting. But is this historic in a good way or historic in a bad way? In well, your it all depends on how you look at it. One would one would hope, and this is and this is me talking now, so I'll speak for myself. That you don't invoke something for political reasons. You invoke it for for a good legal um, uh, purpose, and you say you look at it. And and one of the important things that that the premier said today is that the constitutional law expert that he has consulted with, and believe me, there are a lot of good minds in that way uh, that work in the provincial uh, in the provincial government. Um, 
you, you would hope that it's 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 got a good legal basis there. And the other thing that's happening simultaneous, so everybody understands from what I understand, they are also going to take this to the Court of Appeal as well to, to try and ensure that the substantive part of this, because this ruling that people have to understand, uh, his honor found today that, that this particular legislation should be struck down pursuant to Section 2B of the Charter. That's the freedom of expression section, and that deals with the issue of the freedom of expression about voters' free speech and, and the counselors' free speech. And it's, it's a very, very interesting, I'll put that in quotes, um, uh, legal ruling in that regard. Strikes me and, as a stretch, as pretty thin ice. Well, it's, I, it's, it's quite surprising for any of us and those of us who deal and, and, and uh, understand charter jurisprudence and look at it, it's, it's quite interesting that, 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 um, that the court today, that His Honor talked about the, the whole fact of effective representation, that free speech during ele- an election is, this, is equal to the right to effective representation. So what, what I'm trying to say here is, um, notwithstanding the notwithstanding clause will be invoked on the new piece of legislation, um, it would be important to get a higher court to look at this as well, because it does have a precedent value, this decision, and so these two things are happening at the same time. And, and Lauren, when you hear about things like effective representation being in these rulings, and His Honor mulls about the size of whether or not 66,000 or 110,000 is a better size to serve uh, constituents and so forth. Those are sorts of things that effective representation I would have read papers about in my political science and, and, and philosophy classes. Do they belong in rulings or are they public policy debates? Well, that's and that's always been, Anthony, the um, the debate that has taken place in the constitutional law uh, sector since before the Charter and then once the Charter came in as well as to what what should Parliament or the provincial legislature, legislature what should it, it have in its bailiwick, uh, and should judges get involved in, in looking at these things? Now, the, it ha- this isn't the first time that a piece of legislation has been struck down because of the Charter. So let's be clear about that. Uh, that's what happens. But one of the interesting things to me, again, from a constitutional point of view, is we have a section of the Charter that deals with the right to vote. Now, what, what his honor has found is that this, this right to vote is, is also a form of expression as well. And the other interesting part is the timing. Um, uh, Justice Bellabab said, well, you know, maybe if this had happened six, seven months ago, the, the counselor's right to freedom of expression would not have been uh, infringed. But because this was uh, happening at this particular point in time, that's what it, it interfered with the candidate's right to freedom of expression. All these issues, very, very important for a higher court to look at, very important. But at the same time now, he's pulled the um, the notwithstanding clause card, and, and that's going on now. Interesting, you, I, I don't want it to be a political decision per se. You want it to be a legal decision. That that's the reason that he's hanging his hat on it. And uh, the other thing that people should should know: uh, this is a very unique uh, 
part of Canadian law, Canadian constitutional law. We don't have it, don't really see it anywhere else in the world, Anthony. Nothing like it in the U.S. Constitution, for example. And we have to understand that the Charter would not exist today. Uh, as you said right off the top, as you were talking about the, the compromise, we had uh, three Western premiers back there in 1981 proposing the clause uh, because they wanted to have the last word. They said at the time, we need to have the supremacy of the legislature over the courts. And that goes to your question of what you were talking about. That's why it was put in. Rarely used because of the political aspect contained uh, and that surrounds it. Uh, but um, Premier Ford today has decided this is the case, that he is going to do it. Lauren, there's a very bizarre section in this ruling where it's one word, and it, it gives the number of the section, and it says the word crickets, which is, I guess, something that the kids today might write in their memes to show they're down with the cool stuff. I, I, he's trying to indicate something. There you go. There, there's the uh, audio support on that. When I look at that, coupled with the fact that some of this is on thin ice, coupled with saying, oh, talking about what's the best size to have as a city council seat, I wonder, is is one within their right to sort of question some of the uh, some of the, the, the intent going on in this ruling, well, some of the, 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 the seriousness, well, dare I say, and I don't say that con- lightly. Yeah, so Anthony, this was in the context of what we call the Section 1 analysis. So, so very, very quickly, w- once you find that a, that, a, uh, that a charter right has been infringed, the ball goes over on the other side of the tennis court to the government to try and show it's a reasonable limit. And part of that analysis is, well, what's the evidence that you're relying on? What's the evidence that you're relying on that this needed to happen now? And that's when he talked about, uh, that's when he uses that word, because he, he says, why impose a solution, increasing all ward sizes to uh, 111,000, that is far worse and in terms of achieving effective representation than the original problem? And again, why so in the middle of the city's election? And then that's when the word comes in, crickets. And I think he's meaning we didn't get an answer to that. And he says, and therefore, I'm obliged to find on the evidence before me, that's the key, that the breaches of Section 2B of the Charter cannot be justified. So he's talking about the evidentiary foundation that he found was lacking in the government trying to show why this was a reasonable limit. All right, and we will continue to unpack what all of this means in the days and weeks and, well, yes, if they're taking yes, it to the well. higher courts months, <laughs> months ahead of us, Lauren. Yes. <laughs> all right, Lauren Honigman, Global News Radio legal expert. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Pleasure. On Global News Radio, I'm Anthony Fury.